Okay, that's good. Thank you. Uh, we will be looking at uh, Book of Ruth, Chapter 2. Um, and uh, let's, um, rather than reading the whole chapter, I'll be a bit more going as a storytelling. So, Shai, is that okay, my position? Okay, that's fine. We had a little bit of trouble with the mic, so please bear with us. And if something goes wrong, blame Shai. If it's everything well, praise my sound, okay? Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, oh, I think I might need my glasses. I think I'll be fine. So if you pass me, that's the thing with Tina. So having a glasses is something I'm getting familiar with. Um, so um, we started this amazing book um, last uh, when we are all together. Uh, when we were here, uh, Book of Ruth. So we will be looking at uh, uh, Ruth chapter two. So. The, this context is that they are already arrived um, in in Bethlehem. You know, it's just uh, um, in a, a, they are already in a new city. They already traveled lots of uh, kilometers and miles. And uh, Ruth, the daughter-in-law, is with um, um, mother-in-law Naomi, and uh, they are in a new city now. How do you feel? You know, so. You were in Sheffield, you lived in Sheffield for many years. Something really drastic, something happened, you need to leave the city, and uh, one day you decided to uh, come back after many, many years, and you're coming to a familiar place, uh, Shycliffe or uh, uh, somewhere, Firth Park or somewhere, and you don't know many people. Some people, think, oh, that looks like a Naomi, you know, so it's like, it looks like, uh, uh, it's like a shy, is that shy, you know, is that a Mark, uh, is this, what's his surname, Willoughby, or uh, Willow Tree, or what is that, you know, so, uh, he, he has both names, okay, yeah, so is that uh, Richard uh, Owen, I don't know, I, I think it looks like uh, that family, People can be so confused about us. They might have different stories about us. You know, oh, I don't know. We heard about this family. They left there. Do you remember them? I don't know what's happening. There's no WhatsApp at that time. There is no internet at that time. There is no Facebook at that time. There is no text message at that time. There is no Wi-Fi. There is no way of quick communication between all these things. What's actually going in a faraway land. Then suddenly, two women appeared in the random place, they are familiar with this place, and they need to build their life from the scratch. No reserve, no bank account, no money, and I didn't even know where they lived. You know, so it's a, sometimes we jump into this book and start reading, but how do you feel, you know, randomly you appeared, you know, so I, part of my work, you know, so I deal with uh, uh, lots of homeless cases, you know, so that's my everyday job, you know. Some people just randomly appear from London to Newcastle to uh, Darlington to here and say, I'm homeless. Okay, do you have any friends? No. Do you have any relatives? No. Do you have a universal credit or a job? No. Do you have some place you can sleep? No. And I have a child, thankfully, if they have a child, a little bit of good news, we will call people like uh, uh, Mark Willoughby, you know, so because uh, social service or, uh, or if we contact uh, 
council because of the um, statutory responsibility of the local authority, but we are not talking about England. We are talking about a city lived based on relationship and knowing people is completely different dynamics. So we need to understand that context. So I don't know, they might have a lot of conversation going on. Chapter two, verse, uh, uh, verse one, now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the, the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. We know that. They didn't know that. When we are reading, we think, oh, that's quite obvious. Before they left, they know these things, kind of things. Actually, they didn't know that. As readers, we know a man, and his name was children. What is his name? Boaz. We know the context, and we know the story, but who didn't know that? Naomi or Ruth, they didn't have any clue at all. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I found favor. A lady is with the Naomi mother-in-law. I don't know. I presume. How, what do you think? Why they didn't go together? What do you think? Children, what do you think? Why they didn't go together? What's the reason for that? Hello. Why they didn't go together? Give me some reasons. Yeah, come on. You forgot, yeah. Maybe she was really old or tired or she might be, she doesn't have the physical capacity to do that. And we will know that it's not just to just going to Tesco and buying a sandwich. It's not, I'm not talking about that. It's not like a, a prime delivery through the drone. I'm not talking about that. It's not like a corner shop. There's nothing like that at that time. I think the problem we have, unless you understand the context, it is really, really difficult. For an English perspective, from a Western perspective, it is unthinkable to think these kind of conduct unless we live 400 or 500 or 600 years ago. There is no corner shop. And you are in a strange place. And maybe she took the decision to go. Let me go to the field and pick up. She didn't say that. Let me go to the Tesco and pick up a sandwich. She didn't say that one. To the field and pick up leftover grain. So that means something, we will come to that later. And if anyone in, in, in those eyes I found favor, that only happens if someone allows me to do that. If they say, Oi, who are you? Out. I'm out. I need to walk around, I need to look, and I need to test, I need to see how they're going to, whether they're going to pick up the rock or whether they're going to shout at me, swear at me, I don't know. I need to, I'm going to take a rest. Naomi said to, uh, to her, 
go ahead my daughter so she went out entered a field and began to glean behind the harvesters behind the harvesters they're trying to do something she's trying to pick up something you know so just so scary people can give you a kick people can kill you because nobody cares for this woman especially where she's from she is a Moabite <laughs> she's a Moabite born through a line of illegitimate or quite controversial relationship I'm not going to that details you know very ugly past when people see it's like see them oh my word Moabites we don't want to talk about them they are enemies to us such a disgraceful to have these people among us they don't even let you anywhere near but the author of the book and Ruth the Moabite that's a very very important title said to Naomi let me go Naomi said go ahead my daughter I don't know whether you're going to come alive or not I don't know what's going to happen to you I don't even know you took the risk you know this is emotionally so so painful you could have gone with your your own parents and you could have gone go with the, all these people but you choose to come here with me I can't even feel you now and now in Bethlehem you are taking a risk to go to this strange place I don't even know whether you're gonna come back I don't even know whether you're going to be attacked or raped or she said go my daughter so she went out and began to glean behind the harvesters and it turned out she was working in a field belongs belonging to Boaz who was from the clan of Elimelech who is that Elimelech children who is Elimelech what's the connection between Elimelech and Ruth are you following me yeah Naomi's Naomi's husband she didn't know that one she didn't google it okay where is the clan of uh, Elimelech okay five minutes drive from your location you have arrived near the harvest fleet of Boaz there was no signposting she happened to be there in the clan of just then Boaz arrived from the from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters the Lord be with you so can you see Boaz coming and she came he arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvest this could be a little bit you know so the place they are maybe a little bit different further away from the Bethlehem the big town probably and he greeted the harvesters what the heck are you doing did he say that Oi! can you do the work more work what was his response 
He was not a bossy boot. He was not like a harsh, rich man. He was not. From his workplace, he demonstrated the heart of a man. And that response was, the Lord be with you. And people answered, the Lord bless you. They answered. I can be very nice and polished church leader reading a nice scripture from here and uh, trying to enlighten you and say how wonderful Christian I am. It's an easy job to do this business, honestly. But the real test come when I spend time with my family. When I go to my workplace in a completely secular context, when I'm facing my relationship with people, that is the place the real heart and your relationship with, with God will be demonstrated. This man on the field, he's rich, he's powerful, he got the wealth, he can ask them to do harsh labor, but the way he was responding, the Lord be with you. That recognizing that God is in control of my life, God is in control of this field, I'm under his mercy, unless he bless me, we cannot receive the blessing. This is a man has a bigger understanding about the sovereignty of God and the blessing he is carrying in his life. I change the terminology called work-life balance. I stopped doing that one. There's nothing called work-life balance in my life, you know. So, for example, if you want to say that one, that's absolutely fine. I'm not trying to enforce you that. For me, life-life balance. Monday, I'm dealing with the lives. Tuesday, I'm dealing with the lives. Thursday, I'm dealing with the lives because people are created in God's image. God placed me in a place to serve his kingdom in the way God called me. This is life by life balance. If the transforming work of the gospel is not flowing through me when I'm typing an email, something wrong with me. Work-life balance. That is for the secular people. For a child of God, it's life and life matters. Life, life matters. Life, life balance is really important. Boaz answered, the overseer of his harvest, what does that young woman belong to? You know, so who, who does that young woman belong to? She, he recognized that. Oh, wait a minute. Who is that? Huh. Uh, when I went to the work, you know, so that means he knew people who were there. They are not numbers. <laughs> they were people. And when somebody came in, he recognized it. <laughs> I wish, oh, this is my prayer. The church should be like that. When new people come, oh, is it your first time? Oh, are you visiting? 
then people feel recognized or accepted and then we can get connected with them you know so you know it's so important he was saying like who does that woman belongs to the overseers replied she is the Moabite oh no don't say that word goodness me she is the Moabite who came from Moab or oh, making it worse now with Naomi even I was so surprised even this harvesters the laborers they didn't even stop her they didn't even say that one sorry you are a Moabite I don't know how my boss is going to respond how low our, our owner is going to respond we could be in trouble if we let you in and do this business so can you wait until he comes he will make the final decision so that we will be safe but they didn't do that one they already had a conversation with them I believe church should be like that understanding the heart of God understanding the DNA of God breaking the barrier between the Jew and the Gentile the far and the near the Greek and the you know all all kind of people the rich and the poor you know so when you understand the transforming work of gospel the way you bring people to that fellowship to family will reflect seven days a week 365 day a day when you don't get it you compartmentalize it you push people I will send an email to so-and-so they will make a decision now this is God's church this is God's kingdom and this is radical and the, the, the workers have a confidence in their Lord knowing that this is the DNA this leader or oh, this is the DNA of our Lord or oh, Boaz carries we know him we can bring people into this safe place and we are safe to do that one because the knowledge about the Lord oh Boaz was so significant that's one of the reasons they decided to welcome her in or oh, let her do that one she's a Moabite who came from Moab with the Naomi she said please let me glean and gather among the sheep behind the harvesters she came into the field and has remained here from the morning till now except for a short rest in the shelter she was not as lazy bum she demonstrated her character she demonstrated her commitment she demonstrated her humility she demonstrated her understanding who she is she demonstrated how he came to this place and we have seen what she said was 
through by observing her life so far. How do we know that one? She didn't say that one. Hey, I'm here. I'm going to do it. No. She understood this is Bethlehem. This is a Jewish territory. I don't have any right to come and ask for the bread or I don't have the right to do anything coming anywhere near. I'm under the mercy of you. Can I do that one? Would you let me do that one? This is an unentered territory, restricted territory, but she asked knowing that I don't deserve it. This is grace and humility. When we come to the field of God, he owns, who owns everything? He owns the sun and the moon and the stars and the grain and the world and everything. We don't come to the place, God, you owns me something? When are you going to be send me this next check? Why are you making my life so messy? It's not fair. I'm in control of my life. I will give you a text or WhatsApp when I need you. So far, so good. I'll go to Sunday meetings. I tick the books. I read the Bible. I give to the poor charities. I will run my life. And God, you are there for me to make my life better. She didn't do that. She came to the field and understood, I can't touch this field unless you let me. I'm not supposed to be at the center. Let me do at least the outside of the grain. Can I do that one? So she demonstrated her humility, her understanding, her character, and she was hard working. Stickability is the character of a true Christian. You don't live like a share market. Stickability is so, so important. When you are connected with the Holy Spirit, when you are praying, you know, we make mistakes, but our heart is always stuck with God, longing for something to glorify God. In that journey, we might make mistakes, but ultimately, we long to please the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Please let me and glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvester. She, said into, she came into the field and uh, remained here from the morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. That means it is really hot weather, you know. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter. People can be really irritated with that one. How patronize you, Boaz. We are England. You should give dignity to women. But you need to understand the context. That means you are not threatened my presence. First of all, I want to say, you don't need to shiver or trying to hide or wait for some sort of retaliation from me. You are safe. First of all, let's begin the conversation. It's so important 
when we communicate to people what kind of atmosphere we release based on what kind of privileges we carry. Is our privileges are a welcoming, create a welcome or intimidate people? Threaten them or invite them? It's nothing to do with the wealth or the location of your house, the color of your skin, but when you carry privileges and someone next to you, they don't have it, how do you present yourself? It's so important. Diffuse fear because God is a God of compassion and mercy. He's not a threatening, controlling freak. He is a God of mercy and slow to anger, rich in love. And he's justice. He's a, there is no compromise. You know, he's the God of justice also. But he came down, you know, you see, he didn't threaten us, you know, the way he brought is so important. I will come to that a bit later, you know, so we will see that in the scripture. My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. In a church context, I'm glad you are here. Come on next Sunday, okay? Now, Let's continue enjoying the blessing God has given in me. Let's do it together. Let's share the meal. Let's have fellowship. Yesterday we were at a uh, multicolored church event in uh, uh, Darlington and Teesside. And uh, Angela came from South Africa. She was uh, mentioning one of the key things. How do you know that your church is a multicultural, multiracial, multi-class is not based on how many, uh, you know, just say people are sitting with the different color and class in the congregation. It's based on who is going to sit around the table to eat the food. For the birthday party. Meet you in a coffee shop. That will demonstrate, thank you for coming on Sunday. We'll see you next Sunday. No, here, Bawas is completely different. She's saying, stick around. Stick around. My feel from God, stay around. My feel from God. Understanding every privileges I carry is from God, even though she is a Moabite. I'm here. To create a safe place and welcoming place to demonstrate God's heart through my blessing. It's so, so important. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who works for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting. Follow them after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. I can spend hours on that one. I'm not going. Good news. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the 
water jars the men have filled. Oh, men have filled for a woman. <laughs> yeah. Can you see that one? Can you see a church like this? <laughs> this is the church God is creating in of every tribe, every tongue, every people, every land, because that is his church. He wants to bring people from far and near to create a safe, welcoming, full of grace, so that we can all celebrate the blessing from the Lord and the King. The King is okay with that. We heard the announcement with the king this morning. The king is okay with the field. The king is okay with to have a Moabite to come and glean. The king is okay. Who the heck are you to steer the wheel now? That's the problem with the church. The king is okay. He broke down the dividing wall. He is happy to welcome the rich and the poor and the Jew and the gender and the black and the white. But the problem in the temple when Jesus came, oh, the Pharisees took over the place, supposed to be a place for the Gentiles to come and worship, but they are running a business there so they can wait outside and have a CCTV observation outside. What, what Jesus did, he came and turned the temple. It's radical. My house shall be called as the house of prayer for the nations. But you've made it as a business deal now. I love that scripture. Go and read that scripture. When Jesus cleansed it, when Jesus broke that kind of barriers, language barriers to cultural barriers to, all kind of washing barriers to, color barriers to, rich and poor barriers. What happened? Then the lame and the sick people came, him, came to him and they, he healed him. Before even Jesus can't touch them because of the herders. Here, Boaz declaring, this is an information to Naomi and to Ruth, and to everyone, I'm okay with that. This is my heart. Don't make it so complicated. Join with the Boaz. Join with the, our Boaz, Jesus, and he's building his church. Be part of God's sovereign plan to invite people from far and near to sit on the table and eat together. Don't put restrictions or fearful things to stop people because this is King's table. This is the Lord's field. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink. You remember what is that Jesus said? In John 17, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. You know, I'm the living bread. This is happening in, in Bethlehem, the house of Bread. There are lots of parallels out there. We can see, we can he hear that one. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get the drink and water jars and men have 
fills. So we are filling, you know, we are serving one another. You may not have the capacity to, to do that one, but we are filling. Someone else filling, someone else drinking. Someone else drinking, someone else filling. So what does that mean? Oh, that's my water. You're not supposed to be here now. This is an opportunity for me to fill so that you can get your quench the thirst. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? Why? 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 I don't deserve it. I should have been kicked out. But you welcome me in. This is the depth of understanding of grace on the other side. The grace on the, this side, on Boaz's side, or the Jesus side, you don't deserve it. But still, I welcomed you. You are a foreigner. I still welcome you. You don't deserve to be, to be drinking this water. But come to me. You can be get filled because I came down. God so loved the world and he came down and he gave his son and the Lord so that we can believe in him. We can have eternal life on the other side, on the receiving end. Yes, this is my privilege. You're supposed to do that anyway. No, that's not the response. From Ruth, she, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it so deep. One side, the boss is not putting any conditions, just pouring out his lavish grace on this foreigner. She was not saying, thank you very much, at least you notice my beauty. Thank you very much, at least you proved you are worthy of my uh, status. No, she didn't say that one. Why? This is the grace of God. This will provoke you to worship the king. This will lead you to understand. You will read the scripture to not to tick the box. I want to know the king more. I want to know this master more. I want to be with him more because this is countercultural. That will lead us to liberation and freedom not to take the bag of grain and go back and do whatever I want. I will come back to you because I deserve it. Now, the position is completely different on a worship. The posture is different. Boaz replied, I have been told about that you have done to your mother-in-law since the death of your husband how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you. Oh, 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 verse 12. Oh, let me give a chance to repay you. Did he say that? This is an opportunity for me to show how kind I am. But verse 12 is so so, so, so significant. May the Lord repay you from what you have done. It's not me. The field is, belongs to God. I am just an 
instrument. When I give you 10 pound, or when I give you something mercy, when I take food to the food bank, when I give to the homeless, when I do something, this world will say, you are not a bad person. I feel good today because I was able to help someone. I'm not like that people. Feel good. So you become the sender. But he or she, he was, may the Lord repay you for that you have done. Boaz never seen what she done, but the Lord seen that one. The God recognized that one and may be richly reward by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Ruth, you know why you are receiving this blessing? It's not because of my field. It's not because of my status. It's not because of my big house. Because you took refuge under the wings of God. Under the wings of the mighty eagle. That is why you are receiving this blessing through me. Privileges are to serve. Privileges are to serve. Not under pressure. The more you understand why the privileges are God has given in our life, we don't make our own life more and more comfortable. We will be open to bring people into that fellowship because that person seeked refuge under his wings. In an individualistic Selfish, self-centered society. This is radically countercultural. But unless God transforms our heart, we will build our bonds. We will strengthen our Wi-Fi. We make the best coffee or tea. We will do all the fair trade and plastic recycling. But completely miss the heart of God. You trying to save the world, world when there is a Savior already did that work. You join with the King and do the privilege of serving without pressure but as a privilege. That's only happened through the work of God. May I continue to have favor in your eyes, my Lord? She said, you have put me at the ease by speaking kindly to your servants, though I don't have the standing of one of your servants. It's like a Sarafinesian woman, you know. <laughs> I don't even deserve to eat the bread, you know. What about the crumbs? What about the crumbs? Jesus turned and said, whoa! She got it. She got it. Unless we understand the gospel of grace is make us proud, but when we understand the gospel of grace is make us humble and make us servant-hearted and free us. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over me and uh, have some bread and dip in the white vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, she offered some roasted game. She ate all she wanted and had some leftover. She got up 
to glean again. She's continued working. Boaz gave orders to his men, let her gather among the uh, shivers and don't repay, uh, reprimand her. Even pull out of some stake in you know, the stocks from her, uh, from the bundle and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. There is an instruction there. Okay, after this, she's gone back to, she's going back. <laughs> Can you imagine when she came, she was thinking, am I going to be kicked out? Am I going to be raped? Am I going to be destroyed? Am I going to be humiliated? Am I going to be starving to death? Now she's going back. I'm carrying some food. I'm hiring some leftover. I'm not dead. I'm alive. I receive more than I deserve. This is absolutely mind-blowing. Verse 19, her mother-in-law asked her. She might be looking. Is she coming? Is she coming? She's not coming. One o'clock, she's not coming. Two o'clock, she's not coming. You know, can you imagine? You are in a foreign land. You are an alien and you don't know anyone and you left your end, you know, just uh, maybe in her 20s or 30s to do something in a place. And can you imagine the fire you eat? Even nowadays, you know, when kids won't text you back in one hour or 20 minutes, you know, where are you? We put a tracker to WhatsApp to this one to satellite to. Now they have drones to watch over them. Now she's looking. I can see that someone coming. I can see that one. She's carrying something. She's walking. That means her legs are not broken. She's, uh, she's quite happy chappy now. So that means something is good, you know. So she came to the mother-in-law, asked her, where did you glean today? She didn't ask. What did you bring back? Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Ruth told her mother-in-law about one at whose place had been working. The name of the man I work with today is, kids, what's his name? Boaz. Boaz? You mean bo bo Boaz? Yes, the Boaz. You mean the Boaz with the B? Yes, absolutely. Boaz with the B. You mean Boaz with the B-O? Yes, absolutely. Boaz with the B-O. At the end, is it, is it Z? Yeah, exactly. Goodness gracious me. When we left, do you remember? We said something. I don't have anyone. This is the first time she came to know that there was a man lived in that town, a bloodline of Elimelech. We knew it from the beginning. Spoiler alert. But for this woman, first time, Boaz, Boaz, are you, are you saying the truth, Boaz? Then she said, the Lord bless him, you know. So Naomi said to the daughter-in-law, he has not stopping showing his kindness to the living 
and the dead. Now, the sovereignty of God has been revealed. The man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian, redeemer. Oh, there are lots of things out there. The boss is not a random person. He's a guardian redeemer. He's from our bloodline, you know. He has the power to redeem us, you know. So uh, I, I, I'm going to, uh, um, to, I'm to tell you a bit more about what is that a guardian redeemer means. Uh, what is the meaning of that one? So let me look at my note. So what is the guardian redeemer means? First, firstly, they need to have the right to redeem and has been previously mentioned this was given the closest relative, you know. So that means they have the right to redeem, one thing. Secondly, they need the ability to redeem. So they mean to be, have rich enough, or they have the money to pay off that. Finally, they need to be willing to redeem. Three things. They need to have the right to redeem, ability to redeem, and the heart to redeem. This man... The right to redeem, take. Ability to redeem, take. But we don't know. I don't want to spoil other people's preaching coming in. The, you know what's going to happen? You know, so are they, oh, shoot. Okay, Paul is already said, shoot. Okay. So, and Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed. You know, so the, in Deuteronomy chapter 25 to 10, you know, I think Paul might... You know, you know, just explain that bit more and about what does that mean by that. So they are so thrilled to know I have a redeemer. I have a redeemer. I'm not going to the details, but this morning we can confidently come to someone called Jesus. He's our redeemer. Okay, so does he have the right to redeem? Of course, we are created in his image and likeness. Do we have a blood connection? Of course, the word become flesh. As a human, text. Does he have the ability to do that? Of course. Finally, did they... Willing to redeem? Did he willing to redeem? I'm not sure about that one. What do you think, children? Was he willing to redeem? Yes. What did he do? Did he pay us some money? No. Did he well, give us some grain? No. What did he do? He gave himself. That's the ultimate redemption in the history so that <laughs> we can shout, my Redeemer lives. I'm saved. I'm rescued. Now we are bought by that precious blood. We are the church. I would say we are the Boas. Now, looking after the field of church to bring that people to that table, not putting barriers, but saying, I experienced this years ago. Come and enjoy the redemptive grace of God. Let's pray. <laughs> Let's worship together. Father God, it's not just a story. Whenever we mention Boaz, we can see that we have a better, qualified, ultimate redeemer. That is Jesus. He has the right to redeem. He has the resources to redeem. 
have our Lord, the Son of God, Holy One, blameless, pure One, made Himself like us so that He can redeem us through the bloodline. Lord, we want to welcome that saving grace and we want to grow as a church Sunday to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday to Saturday to Sunday proclaiming that goodness in our everyday lives. Through the table we place in front of people. Not as a pressure, what a privilege we have. My Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. When things go wrong, I know that God is in control. Bev shared that one. Mark shared about that one. <laughs> and uh, Jack and Alfie lost uh, the toy a couple of weeks back. They didn't know where that happened. And recently, they, they lost some another toy under the car seat. When they were looking for that, they found this toy now. They thought that's lost forever. But now, God used hard sufferings, unexpected things to demonstrate his glory in our lives. That's why Naomi said he was he didn't forget the living and the dead. This is the sovereignty of God. You can guarantee, church, you are safe in his hand. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And he is alive, our savior, our sovereign redeemer. So let's celebrate that goodness and tell about this to others. God, you are so good. Let's stand and worship.